We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Tuesday NBA DFS slate. You can find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, among other places. And you can follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. The Rotowire DFS Podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Benny, welcome to a six-game slate here in the NBA for Tuesday. Yeah, not bad. I mean, for a small slate, I think it's going to be a high-scoring night. Every game has a total of at least 203 points, and I think all but one of them are going to be right around like the 210 range or so. So despite the fact that there's only six games here, that's a lot of points that they're expecting to be scored. Yeah, there isn't a lot of uh, defensive stalwarts on this team. Uh, Golden State Warriors and Cleveland could be in that class, but Washington and Houston both play at a pretty good pace, so that's sort of going to get negated uh, by any defensive, uh, you know, 
I guess, stoppers that we thought that may impact this slate. So let's go ahead and kick it off. we got the uh, the best team in the world, Golden State Warriors here up top here uh, at, the, at the point guard position. What do you want to do? Yeah, I think the only guy that I think I'm really willing to pay up here is probably Russell Westbrook. It's not that I don't like Steph Curry. I mean, Steph put up 70 the last time they played Washington, so it's not that he can't do it. But I'm always a little bit weary of taking Golden State Warriors players when they play at home because when they're at home, they tend to blow people out, and that usually means less minutes for the starters in the fourth quarter. And Washington hasn't exactly been playing great lately, so... I could see Golden State kind of having an easy victory here and then, you know, taking their foot off the gas with the starters. Westbrook, on the other hand, though, going up against the Detroit Pistons, it's a 217 total in that game, which is probably the second highest on the board today. And the spread is only three points. So you got to figure that that game should be staying close. Now, Westbrook has triple doubles in five of his last eight games. So, I mean, he's playing about as well as anybody else in the league is right now. And I feel like OKC is still looking to get a couple more wins to, you know, kind of jostle themselves into a better spot in the in the playoffs here. So you got a, a motivated OKC team that's playing hard right now, a Russell Westbrook that's got triple doubles in five of his last eight games. You know, if I'm going to pay up for anybody here, he's the guy that I still feel the safest about and also the guy that I think has the most upside for me. So up towards the top end, I definitely think Westbrook is the, the number one option that I'm looking at. Yeah, I feel pretty safe about Russell Westbrook in his production. He's just been a triple-double monster. I think he has, like, what, five triple-doubles in March. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, Kemba Walker, for me, is going to be a target for me against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, we know that we've been able to target Philadelphia for for, for DFS all season long. The, the price tag is one of the nice things you can enjoy from Kemba Walker because he was up in the 9K range. As, as late as, like, March 11th, and now he's down all the way down to 800. So that does mean the production has fallen off a little bit, but, um, you know, two games ago he popped up with a nice 29-5, and five, good for nearly 40 fancy points and just below 5X. So if you're looking for a rebound candidate there uh, that somebody, some people might be a little bit off the radar with, I do like Kimbo at 7,800. I'm also okay with John Wall for 97 uh, as well. Somebody who else is sort of really fallen by the wayside, and I don't know if I like to always like play the revenge narrative whenever I think it makes sense. Uh, I think the price makes sense with Reggie Jackson, but I don't know if the production level is something you want to get invested to at 6K. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Jackson today. I, I actually wouldn't mind spending up a couple hundred bucks more to get Ish Smith into my lineup. You know, Philly right now, even though it is kind of a horror show, the one guy who's been producing for them has been Ish Smith. So if Smith's going to keep doing what he's done in the last couple games, I mean, he has back-to-back games of like 40-plus fantasy points. So at 6800 the price is starting to get a little bit stretched, but I still like his upside and I still like his potential because he's basically the only guy on the Philadelphia 76ers that's really doing anything lately. And then, you know, to go down a little bit cheaper, the guy who I like as a solid salary saver today is going to be George Hill. And I know the game logs don't look all that great, but he's going up against the Chicago Bulls. And the Chicago Bulls point guard defense over the course of the last couple weeks has gone from bad to even worse. They just gave up a 50 fantasy point game last night, you know, 45, I think was what he finished with uh, for Jeff Teague. You know, they've been getting lit up at the point guard spot basically all season. And over the last couple weeks, you know, everybody who's gone up against them has put up some big numbers. So 
George Hill at 5,200, I think, has a ton of upside today. He had 40 fantasy points the last time they went up against Chicago. You know, like we said, Chicago is a team you can attack at the point guard spot. So if I'm looking to save, I think I'm going down to George Hill. Uh, yeah, and I think I'm going to draw the line right there in that area. Uh, Patrick Beverly is normally somebody I'm, I'm okay with against uh, Kyrie Irving defense. So I think for cash games, maybe that's like the absolute lowest I would go. But, you know, Patrick Beverly, George Hill, and down that range, that's where I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel at the point guard position. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the two and talk about what you want to do here at the shooting guard position here for the Tuesday slate. Yeah, I have to have James Harden in my lineup. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. At this point in the season, you got to look at the motivation that the teams have. And right now, Houston is sitting in that eighth seed. So they're motivated to keep winning games because if they don't keep winning games, they could be, you know, playing golf in the next two weeks as opposed to, you know, a matchup with the Golden State Warriors, even though I'm not really sure which one of those two things is the, you know, the lesser evil. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, seriously, you know, I, they might make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to go very far, even if they do. But the point of it all is the last four games and over the course of the last seven games, Harden's played at least 40 minutes in each of the last four games. He's averaging over 40 minutes over the course of the last seven games. So, you know, the Rockets, they're not stupid. They realize that if they're going to win games, they need James Harden out there on the floor. And they've been giving him the minutes. He's wound up averaging over 60 fantasy points. Um, in his last four games, he's put up, you know, three of those four games, he's put up over 60 fantasy points. I mean, you know, you really can't argue with this at the time. He's a high uh, fantasy point per minute producer. So if you're going to give this guy 40 minutes a game and he's producing over a fantasy, almost a fantasy point and a half per minute, you're going to wind up with a score around 60. And, you know, even for $11,000, which is starting to get a little bit stretched on his price, Again, if you know that he's going to get all the production, he's going to get all the shots, as long as this game stays close, I don't see any way he doesn't get to a 50-point floor. And, of course, if he you know goes off, he has a 60-70 point upside. All right, so I'm with you on, on James Harden there as well. Um, I, 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 do have, I have no problem rolling Clay Thompson either, who the price is starting to tick back up from 7K up to uh, 7,400. He's been on fire uh, as of late, and I don't think anybody's been really concerned about uh, Garrett Temple or Bradley Beal defense all season long. So I do like the price discount from James Harden at, at, at 11K. Who else are you zeroing in on at the shooting guard position? Yeah, I think it's a tough spot. Um, a guy who I think has a little bit of, of sneaky upside that I'm going to be looking at is actually J.R. Smith, whose price is all the way down to 4300 And I'm going to throw a little caveat in on here, but you know he's a shooting guard going up against Houston, so he's drawing James Harden defense, which we like. And there's a chance that Amon Shumpert might not play today. Shumpert's a little bit banged up. And even with Kyrie back in the lineup, they're kind of taking it a little bit easy on him, so... Della Vadova is playing a few more minutes at the point guard spot. So instead of losing a couple minutes to Delhi at the two, and instead of sharing a couple minutes with Amon Shumpert at the two, J.R. Smith might find himself in a position today where they're expecting him to play 30 to 35 minutes and do so against James Harden defense at only 4,300. So we know J.R. Smith's a guy that can get hot and hit some shots. We know James Harden doesn't play much defense and he's going to be out on the floor for 40 minutes. So J.R. Smith should see a lot of that matchup, which is a very positive matchup for him. And at a really cheap price, I think it's a good idea to look at in his direction as well today. Yeah, uh, I'm fine with J.R. Smith there as well. It's, uh, you know, if you're ever going to attack the Beard, who is, you know, doesn't get defensive about being defensive, um, 
you know, that's that's going to be a great spot there overall. And so I think what we're taking a look at here is maybe the bottom of the barrel in terms of where you can get exposure. 4,200 for J.R. Smith. Is that 40? Is it 42? 43, uh, I think. 43 yeah. is, is probably about as good as we could do. You could maybe you could pick a peek in on Jeremy Lin um, if you feel like, uh, you know, you're happy with the production overall. And he had been balling. Um, in basically three out of the past four games off the bench, worked himself into, into 30 minutes of play. It's, you know, he's a streaky guy who's been, uh, uh, you know, rocking and rolling here um, in different spots throughout the season. So if you feel like this this game can get uh, into blowout territory for Charlotte and it does have 11.5 spread, uh, Jeremy Lin is maybe a guy that you want to take advantage of in that same price range as uh, J.R. Smith at 4,200. All right, small forward here is up in the mix. Let's go ahead and talk about what you want to do here on the wing for Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I like that game with Detroit and OKC. So I'm okay rolling Kevin Durant back out here as well. You know, for a lot of the same reasons I said with Russell Westbrook. You look at the other guys that you would have to pay up for here, and he's in a game that has the second highest total on the day at 216 and a spread of only three points. So you're expecting it, and Vegas is expecting it to stay close, which means, you know, four quarters worth of run for Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. You know, I think both of those guys are, are viable options. I think Durant is very likely to be the highest scoring player at the position and by a decent margin here today. Uh, Paul George is obviously somebody you can look at as well. I don't mind him against Chicago. He's not going to probably draw Jimmy Butler defense. If he does, that could be a little bit of an issue. But he plays a little bit of the four as well. So when they have him playing the four, I seriously doubt that they're going to be able to match up if they decide to keep uh, a Butler on him. So I think he's going to wind up with a softer matchup as opposed to a guy like Monta Ellis who's not going to be able to take all his shots. And even with Jimmy Butler defense, I mean, Butler himself has said that he's not 100% right now. So it's nothing really on Chicago that's going to scare me away. They've been playing higher-paced games. A lot more um, scoring has been in some of the Chicago games lately. So I think this is a pretty decent spot here for Indiana. And then from there, I'd probably be going down. There's a couple guys in the mid-range that are interesting. You know, Robert Covington's been putting up like 30 fantasy points a game, coming off the bench, doing his thing. Philly is so thin in the front court that you got to expect him to see some minutes. I don't really love it for upside, but I don't mind him in a, in a cash game. He's been giving you consistent 30 fantasy points in each of his last three. Uh, guys like Marcus Morris and Otto Porter are probably who I would look to more for the you know, upside in a, in, in a tournament. I think I like Morris a little bit more for the same reasons that we've been mentioning with all these other guys in that OKC Detroit game. He's a starter. I think that game stays close, so I'm expecting him to get you know his full normal allotment of minutes. He's been putting up 25 to 30 fantasy points. Nothing crazy, but again, a guy that can get you good value and does have a little bit of upside if he gets hot. I mean, the other night, I think he finished with 29 fantasy points, and he had 27 at halftime. It just happened to be a blowout, and they didn't need him in the second half. But, you know, he flashed the ability where, you know, if he has a game where he plays his full 30, 35 minutes, you know, he can get you 40 fantasy points if, if his shot's dropping and he's rebounded pretty well. So that's pretty much the way I see small forward today. All right, so the way I'm looking at this here is I, I feel good um, about the majority of the calls there. I do want to take a look at Evan Fournier uh, against Brooklyn. We know that Brooklyn is, has been a team that we can target defensively all season long. So um, the game locks for Evan Fournier aren't terribly exciting. Uh, he did perform um, pretty well with 29 fantasy points against Miami. Um, but then other than that, just the scoring has sort of dropped off, and you know the minutes have been ticking down 
under 30%. So this just means GPP uh, for me with Evan Forney. You don't, he's not necessarily trustworthy enough to, uh, to roll in any of my cash games uh, there overall. So I'll take a look at Evan Fournier at 5,500. I think he's uh, a guy that can uh, get interesting there as well. And then, you know, down below that very cheap, I do do not mind taking a shot here with Harrison Barnes against Otto Porter defense. I know Harrison Barnes is literally like the fourth slash fifth wheel for the Golden State Warriors, and he hasn't been really setting the world on fire, but the price has been very, very affordable, just above uh, 4K, and you only need about 20-ish, 21, 22 fantasy points for you to get in that 5 um, X range for him in terms of cash games, and everything after that is GPP gravy. So if this game gets... Uh, into you know high scoring or blowout territory, which is always the case. It's a minus thirteen spread against the Golden State Warriors. Then maybe Harrison Barnes is a guy who attacks his man and uh, profits off of auto porter defense like people have all season long. So that's something I'll be taking a look at there at small forward position. Something that you listeners should be taking a look at here is rotowire.com and their free ten day trial. So if you haven't checked it out yet, here that's rotowire.com slash pod to get that ten day free trial activated for you we've got lineup optimizers for all the major sports for eight different dfs sites so major league baseball is getting ready to kick off here nba nfl nhl called uh basketball soccer golf you looking for optimizers for any of those sports for dfs we've got you covered here up to the minute depth charts customizable league projections and all the great information that you look from our insiders here so check it out on a free 10-day trial rotowire.com slash pod all right let's go ahead and flip it over to the power forward position tell me what you want to do at the four here for tuesday yeah, I think the guy who kind of jumps out at me the most is uh, Kevin Love going up against Houston. Houston's been bad at stopping power forwards all year. Uh, Love's price is pretty cheap at only 6900 He has been a little erratic. If you look at his game logs, in three of the last six games, he's put up 44 or more fantasy points. So he obviously has the upside. But he's also thrown in like a 29 fantasy point game. I, I can discount the bad games he had against Miami and Orlando because he was banged up in those games and, and didn't play You know his normal allotment of minutes. They were kind of taking it easy on him. But basically, if you throw out those games where he was banged up and you know right before he sat out a game, in four, three of his last four games, he's given you 44 or more fantasy points. His price today is only 6900 so he's looking at like a six and a half x kind of return in three of his last four. If you can get that kind of return out of uh, a Kevin Love, I think you're going to be pretty happy. And sixty nine hundred is a pretty easy price point to fit into a lineup. It doesn't do a lot of damage for you. I also like um, Marvin Williams as another guy that I'd be willing to pay up for. Again, he's a little bit in the same boat. It's more of somebody I really like to use in a tournament. But we know that Philly's been getting beat up by big guys all year long. They're not a great rebounding team. They don't play really good defense. They give up a lot of points. So all those things kind of go in Marvin Williams' favor. And again, Marvin Williams has been playing really well. You know, he's got four games in his last nine that he scored over 20 real-life points. He's adding in like five or six rebounds a game to it as well. Doesn't give you much more beyond that. But, you know, for a guy who's only 6K, if he gets you 20-something points and, and eight or nine rebounds... You know, you're already above 30, you're already above 5x value, and anything on top of that is gravy. So I like those two guys up top. And then there's a couple guys at the bottom that I think we need to talk about. Um, Most Bates is probably on top of the list. He's so cheap, and as long as Bogut's been out, he's been putting up some really good games. I think he's definitely somebody you got to look at for upside. He's like $4,000. He's been giving you, you know, 15 to 25 fantasy points in most of his recent games without Bogut. So I think he's in play. Carl Landry for uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, with Noel injured and 
and Okafor injured. You got uh, Jeremy Grant and Noel are both um, questionable for this game. If all those guys sit out, you you just got to have minutes out of somebody. So Landry's been giving you some big games, put up uh, about 25 to 35 fantasy points in six of his last eight games that he's played. And if he gets 24, 25 minutes, you know, he can get you a fantasy point per minute. He's done it before. And at a price, you know, below 5K, I think he's somebody else who's interesting. And then Taj Gibson as well, with Pau Gasol not playing his full allotment of minutes and Jimmy Butler not really being 100%. You know, Taj Gibson has has been throwing up a good game here and there. So, you know, I think there's a lot of these guys that are interesting for tournaments because not many of them have been very consistent. But if I had to go for cash games, I do like Kevin Love, and I really like Maurice Spates at only 4K. I think you get good cash game value out of both of those guys today for cheap. Yeah, I'm fine with with uh, both of those calls there as well. I'm wondering if we I actually want to play Kevin Love for like the first time in in seven months or something like that. I just really haven't trusted his production his production level overall. But the game logs, I have to say, have looked pretty good. I mean, it is it is against soft competition, but I mean, take a look at the the production: twenty four and ten, four assists against mm-hmm. Milwaukee, and then you know, um. They didn't need him a ton for for offense against Brooklyn, uh, but still double double their eleven, twelve, three assists and a block. Then pops up with twenty eight and twelve and two assists against the New York Knicks. This is the kind of Kevin Love that's at the the Cleveland Cavaliers were buying when they uh, ended up trading uh, away Andrew Wiggins for him overall. And then we take a look at the matchup there once again. We know Houston has been playing empty set at power forward all season long now. So under seven K, I think you definitely can make a case uh, for. Uh, Kevin Love in this matchup. So I will have some exposure there, and I think it's actually safe enough for cash uh, as as well as GPPs. Um, You know, I feel like a broken record or somebody who's been spurned uh, by, like, a hot girlfriend or whatever, but Aaron Gordon, you know, I mean, the guy's... I've I've managed to pick every single dud game that he's had in between this run of hot streaks. Uh, Here he is. But, you know, uh, back again producing... Once again, the price stock has calmed down after he went off that, that run up to 6,700. We're now down, back down under 6K, which is much more manageable. And, you know, he's still playing minutes. Got 34 minutes against Miami. Um, you know, didn't need him a ton uh, in, uh, against Chicago because that game got out of hand pretty quickly in the fourth quarter. So he only plays uh, 26 minutes there. But he was, um, you know, on track for double figures and, you know, stuffed a stat sheet there. Five rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block. Uh, so would have been well on his way to, to 5x plus, uh, you know, and just gets 4.9x uh, in that spot. So I'm willing to definitely, uh, you know, t- scratch a little bit of a lottery ticket at 5700, given that it's Brooklyn uh, once again. And I think I'm I'm good uh, overall there. Where are you are 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 you drawing the line at the very bottom? Can you get anybody? Is it going to be? I know you mentioned Spates at 4k, but is there anybody in that area uh, that needs mentioning, or should we just? Um, stick with what we got here at the four. Yeah, I mean, I think space is just such a screaming, if you're going to go cheap kind of play compared to everybody else around him. You know, his minutes are consistent right now. He plays in an incredibly high-scoring offense. And the thing is, when they get in those blowouts at the end, I mean, he is technically the, you know, second-team center. So he tends to find himself on the court, even if the game does get a little bit ugly. So I think that he's... I don't want to say matchup proof. That's probably uh, his minutes. His minutes are safe. Let's say it that way. You know, I think he's going to have safe minutes no matter how the game flow goes. If it's a close game, I still think he'll see minutes on the floor. If they're getting, if they're blowing a team out, I still think he's on the floor. I think he's just a guy that 
is going to see the kind of minutes he's been seeing right now. And he's going to get you, you know, like I said, 15 to 25 fantasy points, maybe with like 30 point upside um, for 4K. So I think he's about as safe as I'd go at the floor and, and probably the only guy down there that I really, really like. All right, fair enough. Let's go ahead and flip it over onto the center position and talk about the uh, five and the best options here that we have available here um, in this six-game slate. Yeah, there's really only two guys that I've been using at all here. I, I like Brooke Lopez um, going up against Orlando. Vucevic is probably still out, most likely still out. I mean, he's still listed as questionable, but I think questionable is actually an upgrade for him. So you never know. It could get some late news. But for the most part, he's probably out which means you're going to get Brooke Lopez going up against backup centers. You know, maybe a guy like Deadman, maybe even a guy like Aaron Gordon, who's played a little bit of the five, depending on the matchups. So Brooke Lopez, again, high usage guy, highest usage center we have in the league right now, I think. He's at about 33% usage rate. They run everything through him. You know, they dump the ball down inside and then kind of play off of him in the post. So I think he's in a good spot here. Don't hate the price point at 8100 I'd rather pay 8100 for him than 8600 for Pau Gasol, who's not playing you know, his full allotment of minutes. Andre Drummond is, is a little bit interesting, but mostly because of the game, not because he has a good matchup or anything. If I decide not to use Brook Lopez, I think I'm coming all the way down to a guy like Jan Mahimi. Uh, he's been playing really well lately, actually, putting up some decent numbers, had some decent rebounding games. Last two games, he's put up 33 and 38 fantasy points, um, you know, played an average of 30 minutes, and he's going up against the Chicago Bulls. So whether Pau Gasol is in or not, doesn't really matter. Their center defense has been absolutely horrible this year. Centers have been putting up big numbers against them all season long, and Mahimi's price is pretty friendly at only 5100 for a guy who's been averaging over 30 fantasy points in his last couple games. So if I'm going cheap, he's the guy that I'm looking at, and then if I'm spending up, it's probably going to be Brook Lopez. Yeah, Jan Mahimi, I do like Brook Lopez uh, against Orlando. Um, I, I'm definitely interested there as well. Uh, I want to know if uh, you know maybe we can make a case for Andre Drummond for 8200 against uh, uh, this game here. Uh, with Steven Adams defense slash Enos Cantor, 216 total uh, overall. And Drummond has been um, fairly solid. I mean, 40 points plus in three straight games. Had a nice big 51-point mm-hmm. performance overall. I mean, these double-doubles are pretty big. 14 rebounds, 14 rebounds, 17 rebounds, yep. and seven blocks in the past three games. So I'm interested there as well. Uh, I don't know if I like love the uh, necessarily upside for, for – um, uh, GPPs, but if you felt like you just wanted to pivot a little bit differently uh, off of Brook Lopez, I mean, it's only $100 more. So uh, that is something I wouldn't mind yeah. getting. Some and I think, I think Lopez is going to be the higher owned. And there are a lot of people. I mean, I, was, I stopped playing Lopez recently, too, because he had been underperforming. If you look at his game logs for most of those you know, games not too long back. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a case to be made for Drummond. He's not very far behind Lopez if you are looking to pay up which also um, kind of leads me to the fact that I really feel like I want to use Jan Mahimi mm-hmm. because I think he could be the guy that gives you the best like value, like 6, 7x times value, while these guys up top are probably only going to get you around like 5 and make it back to, you know, I think the best you're hoping with like Lopez and Drummond is 40, 45 fantasy points, kind of 5x tonight because it's not an easy matchup against Steven Adams. Uh, with Cantor, he's in a good spot, obviously. Cantor doesn't play much defense, but Steven Adams is actually an underrated defender. Yeah, so I I, I think I'm th- that's the route I, I would probably um, prefer if I'm looking for lower GPP ownership uh, between the two. Uh, and I'm with you on uh, Jan Mahimi. 
I think Dwight Howard is interesting, but I don't necessarily want to play him on the road against Cleveland. But the, the price tag at 6800 is enough uh, for, for me to you know take a look at potential value there. So there's a couple different uh, curveballs you can throw in your lineup. and But Yamahimi for 5100 is definitely where I'm, uh, I'm drawing the line. Uh, there as yeah. well. So I just don't see how um, you know you can really make a case for two. Everybody else below him is is basically guaranteed part time minutes. So you really are throwing a, a you know a a grenade out there and hoping it it, it, it hits something. Uh, with you know everybody else, Al Jefferson, Adams, you know even Bogut, Mozgov, and all and all the like down below there who almost never get 30 minutes. So I'm comfortable drawing the line there, and that means we're going to draw a line on this show here. So thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. You can check me out on Twitter at JoshHayesFS, and it's at Rotowire and Rotowire.com for all your season-long and fancy needs. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores.